um it's thank you thank you for having us thank you for inviting us to be part of this uh wonderful marriage seminar uh it's a great honor and privilege to be here tonight um to share with you our two cents um and whatever the lord has put in our hearts so we really appreciate you guys we thank you for the relationship the the, the friendship and you know the love you know the family unit union that we have among ourselves so thank you for inviting us and thank you for all those who are here tonight um thank you and also of course i give honor to pastor robert and minister lily who are also here tonight um and i greet all of you here at icc and um yes it's an honor and privilege for you to come and listen to us for the next next hour we we appreciate it so without wasting any time i have a lot of information to share and i want to get through as much as possible um so we're gonna go right ahead and and dig right into it and of course i want to thank my wife for being here to <laughs> join me and be a tag team uh we don't get to minister together often but um i really appreciate it when we do have those uh, opportunities and so father thank you we have already prayed we thank you for this word in jesus name amen praise god and so for tonight um we believe that what the Lord has laid on our heart to share with you all um, is on the subject of communication. Um, last week, Pastor Jessica um, touched a little bit on, on communication. I was getting a bit nervous, but she didn't go too <laughs> far. So I was okay. So I know that um, I'm safe to share uh, what I have today. But anyway, I, I might repeat some of the things which she said, which she said last week. And that's okay because we believe in that repetition is good for learning and understanding. So we want to talk a bit about effective communication, effective communication, um, which we believe is one of the key and fundamentals in any successful marriage. Um, so we're talking about effective communication. Before we go any further, I want to give you some definition of or definition of communication. Um, I might talk a little bit fast. It's only because I want to get the information out. So by all means, please, you can catch up uh, with the message. You can listen to this later on. Uh, so allow me to go through as much as possible. So what is communication? Number one, communication is the act of imparting, transferring, or delivering information, information or a message. Um, is the act of imparting, transferring, or delivering knowledge opinion feelings from one to another communication number two is the the intercourse the intercourse by words the intercourse by words letters or messages the interchange of thoughts or opinions number three the successful conveying or sharing of ideas and feelings sharing of ideas and feeling number four Communication is the way and means by which we express ourselves. How you communicate with others says a lot about you and who you are. Number five, communication is not just about the use of words, but it can also be through body language, facial expressions, and actions. And so we need to watch and manage these areas so that we are not giving off the wrong information, message, or signals when it comes to um, our interaction, our communicating. 
what is your body language or actions when um, when you are saying something, when you're communicating something? Of course, there are different ways of getting a message across, but the successful one is based on how it is delivered, okay? Not what was said, but how it was delivered, especially when we talk about communication in marriage, all right? So let's look at some words, and then we'll go a bit further. I want to look at um, Philemon chapter 1, verse 6, or some would say Philemon, Philemon, Philemon 1, verse 6. And here the Apostle Paul was praying for Philemon. He was praying uh, concerning the way he shares or communicates his, his faith. And so he says, uh, he said, I pray that the communication or the word communication there means sharing fellowship of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So Paul prayed that the communication or the sharing or the fellowship of Philemon's faith will be effectual. The word effectual there means active, it means operative, and it means powerful. I'll read this from the Amplified. It says, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective and powerful because of your accurate knowledge of every good thing which is ours in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we see here, Paul was praying here that Philemon will be able to communicate or share his faith effectively. Not just sharing his faith, but not just sharing his faith anyhow, but in an operative and powerful manner. And so bringing this to marriage, um, I want to say that we want to ensure that when we communicate within the marriage relationship, whatever we communicate or whenever we communicate and whatever we are sharing, we have to ensure that it is, it, it is done in an effective way, that it is done in the best way possible. It is done in a godly, godly way according to the word of God. That that we that what we share will translate the necessary information. Mm. That it will bring the necessary changes. That it will also bring the necessary transformation, the blessing, and the life of God into our marriage or family. I know I said a lot there. Like I'll repeat that one more time. When we talk about communication in our marriage, we want to ensure that. Whenever and whatever we are communicating or sharing will be in an effective way, that it will be in the best way possible. It will be in a godly way, according to the word, that it will translate the necessary information, that it will bring the necessary changes or transformation, the blessing and life of God that is needed in our marriage. I want to say that we have to be, when it comes to communication, communicating, we have to purpose to be intentional. Okay? We have to be intentional and purposeful when we are communicating with, your, with our spouse, whether it is in a verbal or a nonverbal way. For me, the ultimate place and goal of communication of communication or communicating is, is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. And I like what the Apostle Paul said to the church at Corinth, what his heart's desire was for them. Now, when you study the church at Corinth, um, even though 
you know, they were very spiritual. Um, they, 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 they experienced the gift of the spirit. They, they spoke in tongues and all that spiritual stuff. But yet they were still very carnal. There was a lot of division among them. There was a lot of issues that Paul dealt with, with that church at Corinth. And so here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul said to them, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing. Paul is talking to an entire church. Okay, he's talking to a, a whole community. community. But he said to them that you all speak the same thing or that you all communicate in the same manner. And that there be no divisions among you, but that ye, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Okay, so this is the goal that Paul set for this church, that they be so united, okay, and how they are united, it will happen through their communi communicating with one another, okay? And I, I, and I take this to be part of my goal in my marriage, that the way that my wife and I are going to be united and avoid all kind of divisions in our marriage or um, disagreement is to aim to speak the same thing. Now, I know that may be difficult sometimes or early on in the marriage, okay? But this is the aim, this is the, this is the goal. That we get to the place where we almost we say the same thing, okay. We think alike, okay. Uh, and sometimes that is possible. You, you, if you see some couples who have been together for a long time, they begin to sound like each other, okay. One starts a sentence and another can even finish it, okay. And that's because they've been together for so long, but they've learned the act of communicating and interacting with one another. So it's not something that is impossible. It is something that is attainable and achievable, okay? And of course, we will look, talk about some things that can help us get to that place. And so communication is one of the big three issues in marriage and the cause of break, breakdowns leading to divorce. We all know that, you know, communication is one of the big three. I, I looked at a few websites today and all of them, when it talks about um the problems that lead to divorce, communication is either on the top three or on the or in the top five. And, and, and so it is not just communication, but it is the it is the, the lack of effective communication. Okay. It is it, it is a, a um disruptive communication that leads to separation or divorce. It is when we don't when we choose to not communicate with the with the with our spouse the way that we best the the best way that we know them okay and we know how you know how they can receive from us i think if you've been together for been together with somebody for for a number of time you know the best way that they receive from you okay we know the buttons to press and the buttons not to press but sometimes we press the opposite buttons. We press the buttons that that causes a reaction or uh, a negative response, okay, based on how we are feeling or where we are at, okay. But we want to avoid um, the lack of um, um, ineffective communication or disruptive communication. Um, these are the things that lead to uh, marriage breakdowns and divorce. These are the stuff that lead to conflicts and intense fellowship. 
misunderstanding. Uh, we want to avoid that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to get go ahead a bit ahead of myself for, for a bit. If we go to First Peter, if you look at First Peter chapter one, chapter three, in First Peter chapter three. Verse one, uh, Peter says, "Likewise, ye wives, be subject." Oh no, that's that's another day. Let's go all the way to verse seven. <laughs> you know, verse seven, he says, "Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them." Talking to about the wife, according to knowledge. Okay, dwell with them according to knowledge. Now, the Peter's not just going to speak to the husbands and leave the wives out. Okay. Husbands and wives should dwell to, with each other according to knowledge. That means we've taken we've taken the time to know each other well enough that we can communicate in the way that they can receive. Okay, they can appreciate what we are saying, especially if it's not if it's not it's not that it's not all positive. Okay, and it's not going to press or push any wrong buttons. Okay, so I really believe in living together and dwelling together according to knowledge, according to understanding. You know, we all know what our spouse is like. We know how they think. We know how they feel. We know what they make them, what they make them take, what made them excited. But sometimes, for some reason, we choose not to do those things. Okay, that's not dwelling together according to knowledge. Okay, uh, and so. In order to effectively communicate with one another, you know, we have to go back perhaps and, and, and ask God, okay, show me the best way to communicate with my spouse so that they can receive from me, okay? Um, Lord, show me, ask the Holy Spirit to show, to show us, you know, we, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to show us the best way to communicate with our spouse, especially if it feels if if you are if we are if you are in the place where it feels like you know they're definitely from Mars and you are from Venus, you know, or, or whichever way or the other way around. What is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So um we have to after being married for a while, we have to know our spouse. We have to know some certain things about our spouse. And then also, you know, people do change, okay? And we have to adapt when the person changes, okay? We all we are not the same. I've been married nearly 20 years. I'm not the same man that I used to be. I'm not the man. Okay, all right. So, and Bim is not the same person she used to be, okay? I, I jokingly say to my wife, I jokingly say to Bim sometimes, since I when I turn 40, everything changes. Okay. And sometimes I'll say, she'll say something, she'll be like, she'll say, I'll say something, and she'll be like, Why are you like this? I said, I turn 40, you know, I change. <laughs> okay. So we all change. Okay. And so we should, we should, we should adapt to the, the need, the changing needs and requires and desire of our spouse so that we can also, so that we'll be able to communicate with to them effectively. Like, like you want? Okay, do you want to add something? If you're ready, because you know, I've got a lot, so yeah. just stop me. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, one of the things that is really important is that even though uh, we know each other, if you're married to someone for whatever amount of time, 
the hope would be that you know each other well enough to have wanted to get married in the first place. So you do have knowledge of that person. Um, the, one of the real dangers in marriage is when assumption comes into play, which is um, the idea that you know someone so well that you don't have to take the time to actually listen to what they're saying mm. at that particular mm. time. When someone is speaking to you, whether it's the husband or the wife, um, the idea that you can just know them so well that you can already fill in the blank. They haven't told you what the problem is. They haven't said to you, this is exactly what's going on with me right now. But you have taken it upon yourself to say, okay, well, I know you. Mm. Um, so it must be this. Or I know you. So it's always that. When that happens, then what ends up happening is that you actually make a mockery of the knowledge that you do have. So your prior knowledge actually should help you to bring greater context. Um, it, it might help you to paint a better picture of what they're saying to you. Um, you're able to understand it in the context of, okay, you know, you knew them last week and you knew them a year ago and you knew what happened before. So you have a better idea of being able to understand them, but it doesn't replace the information that they're giving to you at the time. And so what happens is a lot of the time we kind of fill in the gaps ourselves. We come to a different conclusion to what they're trying to tell us. And then we actually get frustrated that we're not getting the results that we want because we think that we're answering the question. We think we're solving the problem, but you haven't actually uh, discovered what the issue really is because you never really asked, you just assumed. And so we have to be really careful. Uh, one of the things that I, um, People often ask about oh dating and so on. And I consider dating to be fact-finding. When people are dating, it shouldn't, in my, this is me. I believe that people should date with marriage in mind. But until you get to a certain point, it's fact-finding. Mm. You are trying to decipher if we have the same ideals, if we have the same goals. Do we believe the same things about God? Do we believe the same things about family? Do we want to raise our children in the same way? And that fact-finding mission, it doesn't actually stop once you get married. Mm. Oh. And what ends up happening a lot of the time is that once people get married, it's a kind of uh, case where they think, okay, everything stops now. We've achieved the goal. And so poor communication can often be a symptom of that greater problem. Um, and that's when we're viewing marriage as an arrival point. Mm. You know, it's like it's like when you it's like if you I, I don't know if you play games, but if you've ever played a computer game, you get to the point where you can complete it. And then you have you have to kind of pack that game away because it doesn't hold the same interest to you anymore because you've done all the stages. And sometimes people treat marriage like that. I've completed all the stages. Well done me. I completed it. And really what we need to do is that we need to, even if we haven't said that verbally, sometimes that's the way that we act. And therefore we have to be careful that we're not seeing marriage as the final step in the journey. Uh, we have to view it as that there is more to explore, that the, that person that we've been living with for five years, two years, six months, 20 years, they are growing, they're expanding, Things are happening on the inside of them that you're not aware of. God is showing them things. Um, they're growing in different ways. And so when they're presenting information to you, 
you always have to be open to the fact that that will be information that you are not aware of yet. Mm -hmm. And they have to feel that they can come to you with that information and you're going to receive it that way. If it always feels as if when they present information to you, you act like as if you've heard it before, what ends up happening is that they begin to shut down. Mm -hmm. They will, they will, they will know, they will speak to you and they'll continue to interact with you. But that's when the marriage starts dying because they will not communicate what's really on their hearts because they don't believe you receive it well. And you will just end up as roommates in the same house. Amen. We should be viewing uh, marriage almost like um, an, an airport terminal. Rather than the final destination, it's an airport terminal. And any number of adventures can happen from the airport, depending on the plane that you take. You can end up doing anything. You could go to the pyramids. You could end up skiing. So marriage should be seen as not something that is just maintained, but it's something, it's an adventure that you're embarking on. And if you're going on an adventure, you need information. Mm. So you should always be open to receiving that. Okay. All right. In no particular order, the next thing I want to, sh of course, talk about is what is uneffective ways of communicating so since mainly what we're going to talk about is effective ways let's just look at some uneffective ways of communicating uh what number one the first uneffective way is the silent treatment okay you know the silent treatment when there is when there's an issue or conflict and just everybody goes silent okay mm -hmm. that's uneffective okay it's unproductive you know and i would say that even silence has a voice and sometimes silence can speak louder than words, all right? Number two, anger. Using anger to get your point across to be heard. That is very ineffective. okay? Um, that can lead to, um, it, it can lead to things you don't want in the marriage, okay? Anger, we should never use anger or allow our emotions to, to drive the way we communicate. Number number three, I like this one, tears and sadness. Okay. Some people, rather than face the issue and talk about it, they start crying. Okay. And so that puts the other person off or, you know, make the other person say, oh, it's okay, it's okay, don't cry, it's okay, it's okay, we're not going to talk about it. No. For me, that's emotional manipulation or blackmail. Okay. That's emotional manipulation or blackmail. And so um, we should never allow anger, silence, tear, our temper or emotions uh, to be the means by way we communicate, okay, without not dealing with the issue at hand. One thing I want to also want to mention is that, you know, we have to, and I'll mention this later on, but I just come to my mind now, you know, we have to understand that your spouse is not the same as you, Okay. They don't think like you. They don't believe like you. They don't pro pro process information like you. And 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 nine out of ten times, you know, they communicate differently from you. Okay, so we have to be willing to accept who they are. You know, in order to um, uh, 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 in order to 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 be able to communicate with them effectively, accept that they are different from you, and you're going to learn. From that difference okay before we, we even start to try to change the person i'm just going to accept and learn that they are different from me so what, what what is the best way to reach them all right 
the, the goal of effective communication is not is not even agreement is understanding and acknowledgement okay sometimes and i think this is especially with um i think this is especially with women if i if i may say so you know and because because we men and women we, we communicate differently um sometimes i believe that women just want to be i, I want to be just heard or or acknowledge not necessarily i know my wife used to tell me tell me early on in our marriage you know, I don't, I don't, I don't always want the solution or answer. I just want you to listen to me, because I'm a, especially for me, I'm a very, I'm a solution guy. Okay, when you're talking to me, I'm thinking of way to solve the um the the problem or the issue. And sometimes she she didn't just want me to solve the problem. She just want to uh, know that I'm acknowledging what she's saying. I'm listening to what she's saying. I'm trying to understand what she's saying. And not necessarily agree or disagree with what she is saying. Okay, so um, we should not expect you, sh you shouldn't expect your spouse to um, always agree with you. Okay, because there's going to be time they're not going to agree with you, and that's okay. It, it, it opens the door of of communication even more to talk about it. Okay, uh, I put it if you want if you want or expect everyone to agree with you, then that's not that's not right. That's not um, that's not normal, okay? Something is wrong and you are being manipulative or controlling. All right? Sounds a bit harsh. Um, the next one I want to talk about, and I'll, I'll hand over back to Bim, and, and that is... I... Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, one thing that I think that we have to do, which is um, it's actually quite difficult sometimes, is that we're asking God to help us to assess our communication style, the way that we communicate. Um, the way that we communicate is often, it's a learnt pattern. It's learnt behaviour. It's not necessarily something that you are just doing to be irritating or you speak like this because you just want to get on somebody's nerves or you're being stubborn. It's usually a learnt pattern. You learnt this from your environment growing up, you learnt it from your experiences so far. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately you learnt the way to communicate from whatever trauma or issues you have gone through. And most people, unfortunately, uh, you are communicating in the way that best serves you to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you may feel like as if this is what, what you're naturally like, but what normally happens is that we communicate in the best way that would help us to be okay at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Because you can't always rely on the reaction of the other person. So we communicate in the best way, depending on what we've come from. Now, if you can imagine two different people, as in any marriage, are coming from completely different environments, completely different parental situations, completely different sibling situations, we don't know what you might have experienced or gone through before, then you bring these two styles together and we don't take enough time to figure out what these two styles are. And then we expect that help that home to be harmonious mm. from the very beginning. Mm. Now, you know, I, I come from a, a, a similar, but in some ways, but in many ways, a very different home than my husband. So when we came together, the style, it began to mimic how our parents behave because that's the example. And the way that my mother and father interacted together was very different to the way his did. 
And so there were some things that I would do that were completely alien to him, but were completely normal to me. Mm. So if it's irritating the other person, then you can understand why. But at the same time, this is what you know. And that's why you're doing it. So you need God to actually open your own eyes to why you do the things you do and where it comes from mm. so that you can then make adjustments because you can't adjust something that you're not aware of. Mm. If we want to have uh, effective communication, we need to explore why we communicate the way we do currently. And then that might require outside help. Mm. Sometimes it's a bit of a, people don't want to really say it, but sometimes counselling, Christian counselling, therapy, assistance from somebody who knows how to work through the emotions might be needed in order for you to understand yourself better so that you can communicate with your spouse better and you can mm -hmm. have more harmony in the home. There's nothing wrong with that because sometimes we talk about, you know, you should know your spouse very well. Sometimes the spouse you're trying to know very well doesn't know themselves very well. Mm. And so you are trying to understand somebody who doesn't quite understand themselves. Mm. It, it's always, a, it, it, that will be a losing game. Somebody's going to get frustrated on a very regular basis. And so sometimes we need to kind of slow down and then assess what, just question it. Okay, why do I do that? Why why do I immediately get frustrated with that? And if you take enough time and have Holy Spirit's assistance with that, then you will usually be able to get the root quite quickly. Yeah. And then once we have that, then we're able to make the adjustments. Um, and admitting that sometimes we need help isn't actually the easiest thing to do. Amen. So. Praise God. Actually, I'm just going to have some four points to add to what you just said. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. That's a good leeway for me. Um, I have it. The best place to start when it comes to communication is yourself. Okay. Before looking at your spouse. All right. The best, the best place to start effective communication is starting from yourself. I know we all want to start with the spouse. God, change them. Change them now. No, God, change me. Okay. God, do a surgery on me. Start with me, okay? So number one, know yourself and be true to who you are and how, how you are, okay? There is who you are and how you are, okay? So we have to be true to ourselves. If we want the communication to uh, the communication in our marriage or relationship, future relationship to be better, we've got to start with ourselves, okay? Number two, we should all have an idea of uh, we should all have an idea and accept the way we communicate currently. Have an idea of, of, of the way we communicate. Sometimes, you know, if you are bold, you can ask your wife and they will tell you about yourself or your, ask your husband, okay? And when they tell you, just swallow your pride and receive. Okay, we, hopefully with, with not, with not, if they tell you, they're telling the truth with no intention to hurt you, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, but if, if, if when when we begin to understand the way we are, if your wife or your husband been telling you for a long time, you you do this a lot, okay? You you act in this way. You, you know, whenever we're talking, you see your, your tone, your temper changes. Okay, no, so, oh, no, 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 no. All right, don't don't try to brush it off because if anyone should know us, it should be our spouse. Okay, so we should we should we should have an idea. And we should accept 
sometimes the first step to change is acceptance. Okay, accepting the truth, accepting the reality, accepting the fact the, the the facts. Um, number three, um, know 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 the we should know about ourselves the 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 positive ways we communicate and also the negative ways. Okay, we we have to be true to ourselves. Uh, yeah, you should you know you know write or perhaps write a list down, write some things down. Okay. I accept that I'm good in this way, but I'm not so good in this other way of communicating. Maybe when the situations are different, when this, you know, when it comes to certain scenarios, you, you don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to um, um, process it. All right. Um, and then number four, ask yourself, how can I change and improve the areas of my weakness? Okay. How can I how can I improve or change the um, change the areas of my weakness, or is it going to be business as usual? I mean, I pray and trust that this seminar um, is not just is not just another you know teaching or another another um, message, but really we're going to take on board and learn and implement these things in our lives and then in our marriage. Now the next thing I'm gonna I, I, I was gonna talk about before is I, I I find an interesting study which I just want to share okay which you know most of us may agree with it says that men and women communicate differently okay and there are several studies to prove this and to show this it says that we use different parts of our brains when we communicate um, and this comes from the book Men Are from Mars and Women from Venus all right. It says women in general communicate to bond without having the necessary need of passing information or the, or, or the communication ending up with results or action. Women, women want to talk things through and express their emotion, which is a challenge for most men. Okay, So women in general communicate to bond without necessarily passing information. Women in general like eye contact, okay, nodding, responding during a, a special <laughs> conversation. Okay, they like eye contact. Uh, I can't remember how many times my wife told me, and I, I just I'm just gonna tell myself, look at me, okay, and I'll be looking at the phone. Look at me, babe. I'm talking to you, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I heard you. No, I didn't. <laughs> and then she would say, what did I, I say? <laughs> and it's like. Duh, 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 duh. All right. So when, when, when we are interacting with our spouse, especially for most women, this is very important. Okay. This is the nonverbal way of communicating with them, where we give eye contact, we acknowledge what they say by nodding our uh, nodding our head or you know, showing them that we are listening. All right. However, mm -hmm. you, we say that it's very important for women. But it's just as important for men, actually. Mm. And what happens is that because we as women are used to responding, nodding, acknowledging, giving the eye contact, it's usually rarer for the man to have to ask for that. And so they don't know that they need it as much as we do because they always get it. So this is the, this is the thing. So there are so I do believe that there are definitely differences to the way that men and women communicate. But I think there are less differences than we uh, acknowledge. Mm. There are a lot more similarities in the way that we interact 
But because of the fact of the way that we're socialized, many of the things which uh, men would benefit from, because they're always, they're called feminine, men don't really want to tap into that too much. Ouch. Mm. Um, but it would be very beneficial and it's actually what just exactly what they need because right now we're saying okay it's, it's for women but it's predominantly, predominantly genuinely, generally yeah, yeah but, generally, but I yeah. contact I, I'm just do a test if you go and speak to a man and you don't give him eye contact you don't acknowledge him properly that's true he would be very he would be very um, offended and would be thinking that you're disrespecting him so we know it's just as important um, on both sides. It's, yeah, so I just... That's good. No, that's good. Thank you. That's why you're here, you know? Okay, thank All right, you. praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, here's, a, here's another interesting fact. It says, interesting, women can talk and feel at the same time. And men actually have to switch from speech to emotions, which takes a lot of their energy and focus. Um, I think it's a very important, interesting, but I don't think this applied to me because I think I'm a different kind of man. But most <laughs> men, right? Most men. <laughs> he said women can talk and feel at the same time. And men, we have to switch from talking, switch from talking to emotion. So this is something that we have to be mindful of, okay? And, and you know, sometimes when we give all these facts and statistics, it doesn't mean that it can't change. Okay, everything can change with some work and efforts. All right, and everything can change as we, as believers, with the help of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when we say men are like this and women are like this, it doesn't mean you know these things must remain and stay forever. We can all adjust. We can all, in fact, I missed the line earlier in my notes. We can all evolve, mm -hmm. mature, develop, grow in anything. Okay. And when it comes to communication in, in marriage, it should be evolving. It should be developing. It should be maturing. Okay. It should be, it should be fluid, becoming more fluid. All right. And like Bim said earlier on, it, it doesn't stop after we say I do. All right. Um, next thing it says men generally communicate with the aim of passing new necessary information, i.e., facts and data. And being practical, being logical, and having the need to having the need to end up with results and solution. That's not to say that women are not, are not like that, but men in general. Okay, uh, when we talk, we want to pass on facts, information. Um, men tend to be more black and white. That does not mean that women are not black and white. Okay, uh, but these are general facts and 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 things about men. Um, all the stuff we said about women, okay? Of course, carry on, okay? Um, it is important that we get to the place that we have honest, open communication, okay? Honest, open communication in marriage, okay? Um, we have to be able, we have to be able, to, we have to be able to get to a place where we can initiate, okay? We're able to in initiate a conversation from a place of honest uh on where we we show um where we give our honest opinions we give our we show our honest emotion okay i think that um after me being married for a long time if you feel that like there's some things you can't say to your spouse then there is an issue okay 
you know, we say that you should be able to talk with your spouse about anything, about, you know, but that's not true for everyone. There's some people that hold a lot of stuff in. And for some reason, they feel like they can't share with their spouse. Okay. Maybe because they are getting negative, um, um, uneffective um, communication from their spouse. Mm -hmm. But we should get to the place where we can be open and honest and even be able to disagree. All right. With, with, um, with, you know, with, with, with sincerity, okay, in love. The Bible says, speak the truth in love. You know, we should get to the place where we can say, you know what, babe, I don't really agree with that. Or that's, you know, you know, I, I, I don't really share the same view with you, okay? So, you know, hey, let's choose to agree to disagree or whatever. Is that how they say? Agree to disagree. Yeah. Disagree to us, agree all right? And then we will, we will pick this up later we will develop this conversation okay or we'll talk more about it as we go along um i there there is a couple of points mm -hmm. to that that's it's very true um one point i would say straight off the back of that is that if you do say that you're going to develop the conversation we're going to revisit the conversation then revisit the conversation it shouldn't be a case of... That was me back in the days, <laughs> in the early days. It's, it's not a case of... Never revisited. <laughs> have, you know, there's an issue. We need to talk about it. Yeah. We acknowledge it needs to be talked about and then it never gets talked about. Mm -hmm. That's that's not that's dangerous because yeah. there's an issue that just keeps bubbling and it keeps growing and it's never being dealt with. Um, and so that is something that we should acknowledge. But also... I feel as though we should remember that people will communicate freely where they feel safe. That's not that's not a, a physical thing because if it's a physical where or when when okay when they feel safe, um, and where they feel safe actually okay um, if and the problem sometimes is that when um, one of the issues that people have where um, they end up um, infidelity comes in is that. The home in one way or another isn't a safe space. So they end up looking for another space which feels safer. Mm. Mm. Because really what you're looking for is somewhere where you're able to express yourself freely. And if you feel that you can't do that with your spouse, then we need to adjust the, in the environment in a way that either person can feel free. Because one thing that we do have to acknowledge is that your spouse is not just listening to you when you're talking to them. They are listening to you all the time. Are you judgmental in general? Mm. Are you dismissive when you speak to people or when you speak about people? Are you gossipy when it comes to certain things? Are you quick to draw conclusions without having enough evidence? It doesn't have to be about your spouse for them to draw the conclusion that if I bring you an issue, you will treat me the same. And that's not a safe space. So we have to be always reticent of the fact that our spouses are with us all the time and they're acknowledging everything. Um, if you want to know exactly what's going on with you, then you know you ask your husband or your wife because um, they spend the most time with you. But they also know if you don't value people's opinions in general. Mm. They also know if you are a know-it-all and you think you know everything. And so the chances are is that they will not communicate truly 
or freely with you as they don't think that there's room to do that. And so you're not going to enjoy the best of them mm. or the best of uh, your relationship if the environment at home is not conducive to people, to either person freely being able to bring up personal issues as an individual or issues within the marriage. Mm. Oh, cool. All right. Um, in my next couple of minutes, I'm just going to quickly give you some biblical um, ways to communicate effectively. That's going to help us to communicate effectively. All right. So we can just write this down. I'm going to kind of go through them because I know we, 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 didn't, we need it out of time. Number one, learn to listen. James chapter one, verse 19. Okay. You know, the Bible tells us, James says, let every person be quick to hear, quick to hear than to speak, okay? Mm -hmm. Quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, okay? Uh, there's a quotation that says, the most important thing about communication is hearing what is being said. So let's be quick to hear before we even resp respond, like Bim said earlier on, you know, assuming we know what the person's gonna say and not allow them to s finish, all right? Proverbs 18, 13 says, he that answers a matter before he hears it is folly and shame unto him. All right, the New Living Translation said, spouting off before listening to the fact is both shameful and foolish, okay? So when someone's talking to us, listen to them fully, okay? And I always made this joke, that's why God gave us two ears and one mouth, all right? Number two, we have to be gracious in our verbal communication, all right? We have to be gracious, cut, the, cut your spouse. And sometimes even, let me say, we've been talking about marriage, but this also affects our family and the way we communicate with our children, okay? Because children learn from us. And they, 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 they like Bim said, you know, the way we communicate today is, is, is it comes from our upbringing, our childhood, okay? So, um, yes, we talk about marriage, but this also applies to the way we communicate even with siblings or even the way we communicate with our children. And children are greatly affected. There was, there's a study I did not read out, but children are greatly affected if, if husband and wife are not communicated properly in the home. They pick up on it, okay? And they affect them psychologically, they affect them emotionally. So we have to be mindful, you know, we might be mindful that, especially when you have children, they are watching you. All right, so be gracious in your verbal communication, all right? Um, Proverbs 16, 24 says, gracious words are like honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Ephesians 4 29 says, Let no corruption, no let corrupt corrupt, no, let, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. All right. So in our in our communicating or conversation, are we passing on grace? Okay. Or are we just exchanging helpful words? Okay. And, you know, words sticks, okay? Sometimes it's hard to, to overcome or forget something that your spouse spoke to. You may take years. They might say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it. But the damage already been done. You shouldn't have said it in the first place, okay? And it might take years for that person to heal from that, okay? Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Salt is a preservative. So that you may know how to how you are to answer each person. Proverbs 18, 21 tells us life and death are in the power of the tongue. All right, and so on. 
Proverbs 15 verse 1, a soft answer turn away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Okay, A soft answer. Number three, there's another one. Think before you speak. Okay, let's process. Take time, all right? Before you give someone a piece of your mind, which you're going to need it, <laughs> take your time. We need all the pieces of our mind. So let's think before we speak, okay? Proverbs 13, verse 16. Number four. Or you can also write this down. Proverbs 11, 29, verse 11. And for the sake of the recording, I'm going to say this. Proverbs 9, 19, verse 20. Number four, we should control the tongue. We know what the Bible says about the tongue. Okay, the tongue is a is a is is a um, you know, the tongue is deadly. Okay, the tongue. The Bible says you can control a whole ship. Okay, but a tongue. The tongue is even harder to control. All right. So let's let's learn. Let's ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me to control my tongue. Um, Psalm one hundred and forty-one, verse three. Okay, Proverbs 21, verse 23. And then James chapter 2, James chapter 3, verse 2 to 10. Last one, you know, let's remember, actions also speak louder than words. Okay, sometimes people, there's a saying, people are not hearing what you're saying because of what you are doing. Yeah. Okay, all right. So actions also speak louder than words, especially when you communicate to your spouse, you love them. Well, show that you love them also. Not just say, I love you, but you never show that you love them. Oh, that's more. Number six, always be honest and truthful in your word and actions. Number seven, pray before you communicate, especially concerning vital and necessary issues. And um, and that's it. All right, guys. Uh, okay, yeah. a minute. Have we got a minute? So <laughs> just as a last thing, um, there is a difference and we can apply that all the time between intention and action. So intention is a thing that's intended, it's an aim or it's a plan. And action is the fact or the process of actually doing something which is achieving that aim. Sometimes when we're communicating, we will turn around and say that I didn't intend it to be like this. Mm -hmm. I didn't intend it to be like that. That's not what I meant, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but what, the only thing that people actually have to go on is what you actually did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if they know you well enough, then they can try and put some context. But sometimes what we've done hurts way more than the context will help with. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to have really good communication. And if we have really good communication and we keep up with each other, then the gap between our intentions and our actions become as small as possible. What we're trying to do is we're trying to close that gap and the more that we communicate with each other and the more that we uh, speak to one another and go back over the things that are not really working well and do our best to just adjust so that the other, so our partner feels that as though we're in it together, that gap gets closed. And then now you have more times when you communicate where the intention and the action are the same. And that's what we need. All right. I hope I hope we have not gone over time, uh, uh, Pastor Stephen. Oh, oh, one last thing. One last thing. One more. It, sometimes, if you find it hard to communicate verbally, 
And if you're, if you're a person who's good at writing things down and expressing yourself, yeah, why don't you write it down? Okay? Write it down without any emotions. <laughs> you know? Um, and sometimes that can help us to get across what we really want to say. And that is it for us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you for allowing us to speak and share and know that we are also growing in what we just taught. Amen. Amen. Oh, wow. God bless you. Oh, why don't we give them a virtual hand clap? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, amen. amen. Today, is, today is our last day, our last week. So uh, we would like to open the floor for questions. Before we begin, let me also acknowledge um, those who joined. Last um, session was in progress. Messianka, Ratu, Mamiya, Kusia, Lord. You are all welcome. And I hope even though you came in the midst of it, uh, you were blessed and you were able to assimilate as much as you can. I would advise that, please, when this episode is uh, uploaded on the podcast, uh, do well to listen. And and don't just listen, but listen and listen over again. And I believe that you will get the whole cracks of the message. Amen. So at Amen. this point, we would just like to open the floor for questions. Um we, we always try to finish at eight. Those of you who attend me do that, we say, you know, we are very time conscious about, but for the benefit of today and also for our um, guests who are here, uh, we would just like to take everything that they have and what they have for us. So we'd like to open the floor for questions. So we will add 30 more minutes to the clock so that any questions that we have, we will be able to ask. Amen. God bless you. Good evening. I have a question. Good evening. Thank you. You said my name so perfectly. That was, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> okay, so um, the question I have is, um, we were talking about the silent treatment. So what if it's a reoccurring, a reoccurring issue that you've properly, clearly communicated, but it's still going, and then you just have no more words? Like, it's not even silent treatment. I just have nothing else to say concerning this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I would. It depends really on the uh, on the situation, how long it's been going on, and if obviously if you're married or not. The thing is, is that um, even though you're not saying anything, you're not finished with this, so it's still an issue because you're not saying anything because you're you're so frustrated that you don't have, you don't want to give energy to it. But at the same time, you're giving a lot of energy, mm. trying to ignore something, which is obviously causing hurt. So it really is a case that if it's, if it gets too long in that relationship, it's, it festers and the breakdown is imminent because eventually it will take over everything else. If you can't communicate about this thing over and over again and they're not acknowledging and they're not hearing it eventually you'll begin to feel like that about everything so really it's one of those things where you're going to have to bring it up as a, as the emergency that it is and lay it on the table i have spoken about this before it is causing me this distress mm -hmm. and it really is a very serious issue regardless of how you how seriously you're taking it it's very serious for me. And then we would expect that the other person should come up to that standard and you can work together. If you can't, 
then I'm going to speak of it as, you know, as a married person, then if you're married, it's a case of you need to seek outside counsel. Mm. The other person obviously needs assistance. You need assistance to communicate because you're tired and they need assistance to be able to see this as the issue that it actually is. And that might not be possible for the two of you at home without any help. Mm. I'll just I'll just add, yeah, if it gets to the point where you find it difficult, um, seek a third party, okay? Um, you know, professional help or speak to your pastors or your leaders. See if, if somebody else <clears throat> gets involved, they can help you um, and they can help the other person as well. So, you know, before we get to the place where we make any final decisions or conclusion, we want to make sure we exhaust every possible means that we can that we can to help us move forward okay um so yeah I, you know i will i will add to that assuming you know probably you probably done that is you know just seek somebody somebody else uh, that can help you and assist the both of you sometimes sometimes, sometimes we're, we're too uh we're um we're so close to the issue that we we don't we're not able to even uh decipher the best way to go anymore because we've we frustrated every avenue that we know and sometimes all, it, not all, but it, it takes somebody else being able to, who's not emotionally invested in this, to be able to have an overview and say, well, okay, this might be a way that you can go. And just having those fresh eyes on that situation yeah. can sometimes give a very, a, a much more clearer path um, to the two of you coming together than either of you are able to do at the time. Sometimes yeah. just... You just need somebody who's separate from you to be able to give you what you can't see. Amen. Thank you. Pleasure. Pleasure. Okay. Um, Elizabeth. Yeah, my question is, I know what most men, um, like our, um, our leaders are saying, we, we have to like get a third party involved if communication between both parties is not working but i know what most men they don't like it or well, especially with african men they don't <laughs> like it when they kind of like talk to yeah. people outside the the marriage or the relationship about what's happening yeah you know, so how do you deal with a situation like that where you've you've spoken again it's like it's like nothing is being solved right that you want to talk to some then again you know that going to speak to somebody is just going to make situations worse because the person would not want to get like a third party involved how would you how would you solve such a situation that's that's a good point yes and it, and sadly it's true um most men because of pride and our ego the men in general don't like asking for help from another man because i am the man and I don't need another man to tell me how to be a man or what to do, okay? Um, so, yeah, and African men, because of um, the way we were brought up, uh, because of even our miscued views on relationship and marriage, um, don't like seeking for help even when we are dying. Um, my answer on this is going to be very spiritual, okay? Because if you try everything practical and it's not seem to work, you need the Holy Spirit's guidance and his assistance, you know, to really guide you how to navigate this, this time or season. 
Um, so you really need the Holy Spirit to, you know, you really you prayerfully allow the Holy Spirit to, 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 to guide you and even to the to take you to the place where he will come around seeking help. Okay. Um, this is where your conduct, your behaviors is also going to be important. All right. You have to watch how you respond to them, you know, and speak to them. I know it's not on you, it's on the person, but you know, the Bible says that the conduct of a woman can win a man. First Peter chapter three. Okay. The godly conduct of a of, of, of a godly woman can even win around, and I'm paraphrasing, but first Peter chapter three, verse one. You know, a man who is not submitting to God or a man who just being, you know, basically um, a knucklehead. Okay. And men, we can be knuckleheads sometimes. Um, but I believe this is when you really need Holy Spirit to help you in a daily walk and how to, you know, um, um, talk to him or respond to him that may bring him around to seeking help and getting help. Thank you. You're welcome. I have one more question, but I don't know if I can answer. Sure. Go ahead. Um, okay. I know this is not really in the Bible where a man is supposed to name the kids. But for some reason, we grew up knowing that men name children. Um, please. Um, as a couple, in case a woman mm -hmm. has a name that because really looking at it, you carry the child for nine months. It's about a while. And giving birth to the child. Then the child gets to take her, him or her dad's last name. So mm. the child becomes prominent someday and it's attached to that's last name. And then he gets the privilege of naming the child. I don't think that is fair. So please, um, is it possible for a woman to name the child, at least the first name. And my follow-up question would be, how do we go about it as women? How do we initiate that conversation, especially to African men? Um, yeah. Um, well, the first way I want to tackle this question is, you know, sometimes a lot of the things, well, many times a lot of things we do comes from culture and tradition, Okay. And culture and tradition, depending on who you're dealing with, you know, it's changeable, all right? Uh, but it sometimes depends how one holds the culture and the tradition. Um, for us, when it came to, came to naming our, 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 our children, we have twins, okay? Yes, I named my son after him, after me, um, but we both made the decision together, okay? Uh, I named my son after me and my wife named my, uh, my daughter after her mother, Okay, and, so and, your and my mother, okay, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, and you know, but these are things where okay, I think you know, couples need to talk about. Um, and although we have our tradition and we have our culture, you know, we we can be flexible, okay, we can be flexible and we can adjust. Um, in terms of that, the last name, adding the last name to the child. Uh, I'll let, uh, let my wife answer that. <laughs> Wait, okay. um, I mean, one thing I will say is that, like like uh, Pastor Frank said, so much of what we do mm. is culture, which is making one section of that culture comfortable. 
and then it's wrapped up sometimes in some misplaced scriptures or misused scriptures and that's how it's fed to the rest of the society that this is what this is really it's, it's like as if it's the law of the land mm -hmm. it is culture um and culture as Pastor Frank said is changeable however at the same time even a man who is very entrenched in his culture and appreciates his culture sometimes gently needs to be reminded that before you are a Ghanaian, Nigerian, mm. you come from Congo, you mm. come from wherever, you're a child of God. You're a Christian first. Mm. You're a Christian first. Right. You're a child of God first. And the way that you treat your wife will be judged by God. Now, when you're making a decision about the children that you both had, about the children that she carried, about the children who are your seed, that you have a 50-50 stake in. Even if culture is saying that a man names them and he doesn't involve the wife, as a wise man, it would be wise for him to come to agreement with his wife about the names which they both think would bless their children. Mm. And then if he wants to, if you want to present it for outside that you know, that he's the one who gives the names and so on and so forth, then that's fine. But I think that the way that uh, your, uh, a husband approaches this, it really speaks more about how he cares for his wife, what he thinks about her opinion. And nobody in the house will know if you picked all the names, if he goes outside and then says, these are the names. Mm. They wouldn't know that they're all the names that you picked. And neither of you need to disclose that to anybody else. But it would be a case that, if it's just a case he's dismissing mm. your ideas for the names of the seeds that you carried, it says a lot more about his character towards you. It says a lot more about the fact that he's not adhering to what the word of God says, which is that he should love you as Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. Fully and sacrificially. Like there should be lots of love and care towards you. So if you have an opinion about something which is so precious, like the names of your children, which they will bear all of their lives and which speak for them in every room before they get there, then I think that we have a slightly deeper issue, which is that he's not caring enough about how you feel about important things. And that may be a case where we need to be, again, mm -hmm. it's a it's a prayer matter. It's a, it's a, a, a we need to bring the word before before him so he's aware of that mm. um and it might be something that in the secret place you're going to have to deal with because as a husband it's just wise that the person you've chosen to spend your whole life with should have equal say about what you what, what names you give to the children that you bet you have together it's a very it's a lovely thing to be able to do together mm -hmm. you know so yeah. I mean, there are quickly, there are some scriptural, you know, when you look at the Bible in terms of generations, there's some scriptural odd, um, orders, all order, okay, how children were named and which side of their, um, their family they were named. But I'm going to leave that teaching to the one and only Pastor Stephen to bring you the scriptures. I'm just giving you a, a natural response. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Welcome. So Elizabeth, there are scriptures where both um, man and woman named um, children. So 
um, it should not really be a bone of contention. And just like Ben said, if that is becoming a bone of contention in the marriage, it speaks more to the character of the husband. Amen. Lord. Thank you. Oh, so Yes, sir. Oh. <laughs> oh, my contribution is, I think uh, I was so much interrupted here and there, here and there, here. So I had it piece by piece, piece by piece. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to join them within me. And, but I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Okay. Right. Um, and also, uh, the lady who asked is Elizabeth also. He yes. said, no, it's not in the scripture. Now I was, I was just freaking, say, hey, you know the scripture, or then you say, yeah, that was not in the scripture. <laughs> search it, search it and see. Or maybe you can say, I don't know whether it's in the scripture or not. But when you come and you say, it's not in the scripture, that means you are emphatic. So next time, because like you said, there are examples in the Bible where both man and woman decided to name the child. So it's, 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 that is all I can say. I think, I think I'm okay. blessed. All right. Thank you. All right. Who else, please? Are we all good? So if we don't have any questions over the past four weeks, what is the feedback? Have we been blessed? Or have we learned any thoughts? That'll be welcome. If you don't hear anything within the next two minutes, then we'll just bring it to a close. So officially, we'll just draw the curtains down to marriage and family seminar. Amen. We want to just... Um... Okay, say something. Uh, so... Um... Pastor Frank and Ben, thank you so much. Uh, you guys are a blessing. I hope you know that. Uh, and I wanted to verbalize that to you so that you know from my heart. You guys are awesome. You guys are a blessing. We love you very much. Thank you so much for joining us, taking the time out. I know the time difference is a big, big difference. And uh, just your commitment to staying even after the time, we really appreciate um, your time, your words, your information, your counsels, everything. Um, I think they're really, really important um, when it comes to marriage. You guys really said a lot of things that um, ministered. Um, and I just wanted you to, to know that. So God bless you. Um, I wanted to just reemphasize a couple of things you guys said. You know, communication is a really, really important important and vital part. And so I'm so glad that you guys talked about it this evening, especially when it comes to marriage. And if you're single, when you're wanting to get married um, and looking for a partner. And so, um, you know, uh, talking about being open and honest 
Um, and sometimes a lot of uh, marriage issues can be solved if we're just willing to be open and honest about our feelings, our thoughts, and our communication. And when, before you get married, if you're not married yet, is that you establish that early on in the relationship because it will save you so much heartache later on. And I think that the most successful marriages are those marriages that are doing that from the get-go. And so um, thank you so much. God bless you guys. Um, I, I pray that everybody was able to get something this evening that ministered to them. And if you're having problems communicating, please pray first, seek counsel, ask God who the best person is to seek counsel from, and don't be afraid to fix the problems. Thank Amen. you so much. Amen. Thank you, Papa Jessica. Thank you so much. It's an honor for us to be a reading, truly. All right. I think Lord, if, if I, I I saw Lord unmuting himself, I don't know if you want to say something. Or... No, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. okay. All right, good. Uh, on on this note, I'll, um, just uh, like my wife said, want to say thank you. Um, thank you first to um, Pastor Frank and Minister Bim. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for your labor of love. Uh, thank you even for your friendship and relationship. I I deem that even more than just you know receiving like accepting the invitation to come and minister so thank you uh, we are very honored uh, your marriage really speaks to us we've known you and your marriage speaks to us so thank you for imparting this is not just book knowledge but imparting virtues of your marriage uh, to all the world to see so god bless you thank you so much and i also like to thank the whole church thank you for uh, joining us on this journey throughout the whole month of February. Um, your questions and everything have, have really added a great input to your contribution. So we want to say a special thank you to you all for joining and for making this fun. Amen. Mm -hmm. So officially we are done. We bring this to an end and we look forward to what God has in store. God willing, next week will be March 6th and Pastor Robert will be ministering. We are looking forward to receiving from him as he touches on the theme, diligence. Let me just close with two quick announcements and then we'll pray. Um, Saturday is our first Saturday of the month and back custom as a church, we need to pray every morning. So 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. in the morning on this same Zoom platform, we will be praying. Amen. And then March 2nd in the evening will be our first work of ministry seminar. We have four work of, uh, four work of ministry seminars in a year. So we try to do one every quarter. So this will be our first one. And this will be the one for the first quarter of the year. So March 2nd, we'll be meeting from 7 to 8.15 on the same Zoom platform. So Saturday, March 2nd, is a double header. In the morning, we'll pray from 7 to 8 in the evening. We'll meet and we'll have work of ministry seminar. Amen. So please kindly take notes and we'll send the reminders during the week. Amen. So... The month is done. I wish you a blessed February as we close out tomorrow with a leap year. We are blessed. Amen. And then I also want to wish you an upcoming happy new month in March, which God willing will meet us on Friday. So God richly bless you all. Shall we pray? Father, we want to thank you for 
marriage and family seminar. Thank you for all the truths, experiences, knowledge, wise counsels that we have received throughout this whole month. I want to thank you and bless you, God, for the gifts of Pastor Frank and Minister Ben, who have ministered out of their heart, out of their spirits, out of their experience, out of their virtues, out of their knowledge, depth and wisdom to us, O oh Lord. Uh, Father, we pray that you will bless them, you will continue to replenish them in every fold possible in Jesus' name. Thank you that the teachings that we have received will transform us. Um, it will change the trajectory of our relationships. It will change how we will view things from now. May we view things from your perspective in the area of building relationships, building families, and of course, building marriages. Thank you, O Lord, for what you've done. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who enlightened us and has revealed truths to us. And Father, as we continue to ponder over these words, O Lord, may, may it become like seed that will fall forth on good ground and bear forth a dividend of many, many beautiful fruits that will indeed affect our persons and affect our relationships likewise. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night, amen. guys. God bless amen. you. Bless See you, you on Saturday. Bless you, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Au revoir. <laughs> yeah.